we're talking about this series, Parenting Strong. So we want to parent strong. And last week we covered some ground and I'll spend a little bit of time, kind of invest some time, just kind of going over real quick what we talked about last week. But before Steph, before we jump into it, I want to introduce my beautiful wife. This is Stephanie. And I love her. Yeah. We celebrated 20 years of marriage in April. So we're heading towards 21. We say we have, we've had 17 amazing years together <laughs> after we said I do. And, uh, you know, we just know that, man, life is, is not always easy, is yeah. it? Parenting isn't always easy. And we really believe that the series is helpful to us. And we really believe that we need help when it comes to parenting. So as of right now, we have written zero books on parenting. We haven't published any. We haven't edited any. And uh, we don't think like we are the perfect parents. And we are just sitting here um, because we never mess up. Um, no, today we just happen to have the microphone. Yeah. And we want to be real and authentic and transparent. And just let you know that we don't think we're um, professional parents that we have it all together, that we screw up, we mess up. Um, you know, we, we, oh man, you know, I can't believe I did that or didn't do that. We, we've been there and we've done that. So we don't sit uh, up here looking down and thinking, you know, we're better than you. And so a couple of things are true when it comes to parenting. Before I get there, I want to welcome every, every campus. I want to welcome every gathering. And so I'm looking right now. I want to say welcome to everybody that's come out in Gulf Breeze today. Thank you for coming. We're so glad that you came. Yes. And Navar. Navar, we're glad that you came today. Thanks for coming. We shout out to you, to all the men at Blackwater and the guards. We're glad that you came. That's amazing to everybody watching online. There's so many of you and we're so thankful for you. And we want you to continue to spread the word, get the word out. We, we uh, just believe there are a lot of people, a lot of people all over the world that need Jesus. Yeah. And I'm thankful for technology. And so every time you share a post, every time you talk about what God is doing in your life, mm. uh, one of my friends, Josh, this week shared what God has done in his life and that he gave his life to Christ yeah. and how his life is completely different. Mm. And that is recent. That is recent. So every time that you do that, people are watching and it's so impactful. So I want to say welcome to everyone that's come. And then if it's your first time here, I want to say welcome to everyone in Pensacola. Everybody, welcome all of you that came out today. Welcome. We're glad that you're here. And if it's your first time at any campus, at any gathering, if it's your first time being here at Momentum, we call you a VIP. Yeah. It's, it's insider talk for a very important person. And we're so thankful that you came. And we have a gift for you located right outside. Um, you'll see some tents. You can walk out there. Uh, we have connection cards if you want to connect. If, if you're wanting to get involved, it takes our part. It takes your part. Let's meet in the middle. And a great way to do that is walk out to the tent and uh, just connect right out there. If you're not ready for that yet, you're like, I'm not giving you any information. We're cool with that too. It's, it's, it's all good. Nothing weird. We get it. Um, but we're not the church that's going to show up on your doorstep right after you do that. We're not the church that's going to just bug and pester you. But it is our desire to, as we grow larger, to grow smaller. So we want to connect. We want to make it easy for every person to connect. Because life is better 
together. And so I want to welcome everybody and get that gift. You don't have to turn in a card to get the gift. Just walk out there and we love to connect with you under the tent. And then we have some really special things coming up, Steph. I'm super stoked about this. Um, on the 5th, on the 5th of October and the 6th is Friend Day. Friend Day. Now here's what, here's what I know about most everybody here. You have a friend. <laughs> At least one, you have a friend. And so our challenge is this, that everyone, everyone, someone say everyone. Everyone. Now say it super loud. Everyone. Now let's raise the roof one more time. Everyone. There we go, that's perfect. Everyone, everyone brings one. Everyone brings one. I want you to think about this with me real quick. We're running, uh, you know, Sundays fluctuate. Uh, you know, because sometimes attendance fluctuates, but anywhere between 12, 1400 people on a weekend is what we're running in attendance. And that's just here. Then you have 1700 to 2000 people watching online all over literally America. They're watching all over the world, different continents. It's amazing. So the reach is extending and meeting a lot of people where they're at. And we love that. But imagine if everyone here locally brought one. Yeah. If every person on the 5th of October or the 6th of October just brought one person. So, so we're going to focus, focus energy. I want you to go ahead, get started right after the gathering today. I want you to know who you're going to invite. You may invite three, four or five people to get that one, but the goal is that everyone brings one. Say it with me, would you? Everyone, Everyone brings, brings one. One more time, real out. Come on, Navarre. Everyone, Everyone brings, brings one. Come on, Golf Breeze, help us. Here we go. Everyone, Everyone brings, brings one. one. Everyone brings one on that weekend. And you know what happened? The church will double. And if I can just help us here real quick, I, I got a coach. I got a coach. I was like, I need a coach. If you're going to get better, you got to have a coach in business. In ministry, it's the same. So I got a coach. My coach said, Tim, very few churches grow incrementally anymore. What happens is we grow by surges. And so, you know, we did Friend Day last year and it was so powerful uh, last spring that I made a note. I was like, we're gonna do it in the fall. And then every year we'll do one in the fall and one in the spring. And so what will happen is the church will double on that day and then we will bust a barrier. And I don't know about you, but I read the Bible and it says that Jesus said he is building his church and the gates of hell won't prevail against it, right? Come on, there's that energy. Jesus said he's building the church. Jesus is building the church. All right, now I'm gonna do that again. I appreciate everyone that stood, but I don't understand why in America we wouldn't get excited about that. Because I'm pretty sure y'all been cheering for a football team here recently. And so if we can match that intensity, if we can just bring a little to Jesus, what we bring to our football team, let's surpass it. Are you ready? Jesus is building his church. And he's going to use you to do it. And he's going to use you to do it. And he's going to use you to do it. And he's going to use you to do it. And you to do it. And you to do it. And he's going to use you to do it. Come on. And he's going to use you to do it. And he's going to use you to do it. And he's going to use you and you, you, 
and you, and you, and you. Jesus is building his church, and he's doing it through us. Turn to somebody and say, bring somebody. Turn to somebody else and say, bring somebody. Awesome. All right. Yeah. Y'all can be seated. See, you didn't know you could have fun in church, did you? Man, have you been to church and you're like, don't breathe. You know what I'm saying? Hey, that's not this church. We, we like to get a little rowdy. We like to have a little energy. We, we, uh, we actually believe that Jesus is just as much alive today as he is Easter Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we want you to bring someone. Did I cast that clearly? Did I cast that vision clearly? October 5th, October 6th, everyone brings one. Bring one person with you. And what happened is here locally, our church will go to 27, 28, 29, 3,000 people. And then instead of coming back into 1250 or 1350, we'll bust a barrier. We'll bust a barrier. What God is doing here is amazing. And God is inviting you to be a part of something so bigger than ourselves. You know, we love college football. I love college football. I love pro football. I went to a game Thursday night. We, we drove and I watched Jacksonville. What a great stadium. We, we watched Jacksonville whoop up on my Titans. And uh, that's okay. My Titans whooped up on them last year. Sometimes it's give and take. And, uh, but we had fun. And I was reminded of the passionate fans right behind me. They were Jacksonville Jaguar fans, and they were bringing it the entire game. Every fourth down, you know, as loud as they could. And I thought, Lord, thank you that what you're doing right now is you are waking people up to what we call the church and what we call to Jesus moving. Like, we're not praying for Jesus to do something one day. Mm. We're not praying for a move of God. This church is experiencing a move of almighty God right here, right now. God is up to big things. So now I'm going to be seated. I'm going to sit down. Oh, so good. I'm so glad to have Steph up here. Are you going to stay sitting? I don't know that I'm going to stay sitting. I'm going to try. I'm going to try. There is no try. There is no try. You do or do not, right? Isn't that right, Ty? That's right. You know, last week I shared a couple things. And Steph, before you read our scripture tonight, Last week, we, we, uh, we talked about, you know, really was week two, but that message was part one of a part two, which tonight we'll finish, or today we'll finish this together. And, and last week I said this, I know a couple things that are true about you, and the truth is, they're true about us. They're true for Steph, they're true for myself, and that is this, that we all love our kids. We love our kids. Some are easier to love than others. Can we just be honest? <laughs> we may not yeah. like them at moments, but this is we true. still love them. But we love, we, we love our kids. Yeah. So some may, <laughs> you know, they may have caused us gray hair, <laughs> receding hairlines, you know, lost our voice or our testimony <laughs> from time to time. But the truth is, is that we, we all, we, we love our kids. We, we love them. The second thing is this. None of us are perfect. If you're a parent... We know this to be true, that no one in here is a perfect parent. Right. There's no professional parents in here. If you're a professional parent, I'd like to meet you afterwards. Mm-hmm. I have some questions. We have some questions for you. So none of us are 
perfect. None of us are perfect. The other thing we know is this. What's true, Steph, is oftentimes as parents, we struggle with the G word, guilt. Oh, yeah. We struggle with guilt because we're not perfect. And because sometimes we don't act, sometimes we react. You know, the kids are yelling, so we yell. Stop yelling! You know, and the kids are angry, and so we meet it with anger. Don't be angry, you know. They got veins popping out all over your head and your neck, you know what I'm saying? And so we struggle with guilt, and, and we laugh about that, but I'll be very honest and very open today that I would say I've struggled with more guilt in my life. If I, I look at guilt that I've struggled with, most of that guilt has come because I didn't feel that I maybe did a great job in a moment of parenting. And, and you don't necessarily, right? We don't get the moments back, right. right? Like we can apologize for what we say. We can apologize for how we said something, but when you say something, you don't get to take that back, right? And we pray and we hope and we wish that they forget, but how many of you still remember when your parents messed up? Raise your hand and watch this. Every campus right now, I want you to raise your hand. Hold it up high. You remember that? You got in trouble and it was actually your brother's fault. It was your sister's fault. And so the truth is we can all connect here because we all have felt guilty when it comes to parenting. To the point that sometimes I've asked prayer partners that I know love me and care deeply about me. And I've asked them, hey, pray for me, pray for me. And, and I remember Pam and Preacher, I remember telling them we were eating barbecue in Texas because that's what you do in Texas. <laughs> you watch football and eat barbecue. And, and I remember asking them, pray for me because this is the one area, you know, I wanna get so much better in. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, no matter where I work, I'm a parent. Yeah. At the end of the day, there have been couples that have not made it and mom and dad have gotten a divorce. But at the end of the day, you're still a parent. Yeah. So you can't divorce being a parent. You with me? So once we're a parent, it needs to be a parent that we're parents. Yes. And we talked about last week how that we struggle and there's no substitute for strong parenting. And to, to parent strong, that means we gotta be in the game. The, the fourth thing I said, Steph, was this. We, we cannot uh, believe. It's shocking how fast the time goes by. Yeah. Any, any, any empty nesters here today? Would you raise your hand if you're an empty nester now? Would you just raise your hand, hold it up high? Look at all these hands. Look at all these hands. Unbelievable, right? So we listen to songs like Cats in the Cradle, and it gets us right there because we're like, yeah. truth. It's so truth. And, and the last thing is this. We all wish we could parent better. In order to parent better, we must parent stronger. So Steph, let's, I'll give a recap here. You're going to read Ephesians 6, 1 through 4. But last week, I talked about lead them to obey. That we are to, as parents, we are to lead our children to obey. And the deal is this, the deal is that, yes, we control them when they're younger. We tell them, don't touch that, don't walk there, come over here, hold my hand. But the goal in parenting is to release them. Yeah. We're raising to release. Mm. So if you're fishing 
and, and, and you got it and you don't release, right? If you don't release, you don't catch. And so we're raising these kids to release them, to release them so that they can be the people the young men, the young women that God created them to be. And so we have to lead them to obey. And, and real quick, we unpack that. What does it mean to obey? If you didn't take notes, take notes, would you? Write this down, get your phone out. This is gold. I got this from my dad and dad just, man, it's stuck, it's stuck. And I hope that this helps you today. What does it mean to obey? It means that, that my kids, our kids, do what we say to do when we tell them to do it with the right heart attitude. So if Jaden doesn't do what we tell him to do, it's not obedience. If Jaden does what we tell him to do, but he does it a day later, it's not obedience. If Jaden does what we ask him to do, what we tell him to do, and he does it, and he does it right away, but he does it with a bad attitude, it's not obedience. And God convicted my heart last week as I was ending the gathering in prayer, just reminding me that the importance of obedience is so big because we would all still be in the Garden of Eden if it wasn't for disobedience. There would not be murder if it wasn't for disobedience. That disobedience opened the door for all kinds of evil. Yeah. That's how important obedience is. So they do what we tell them to do, when we tell them to do it, with the right heart attitude. And last week, just a quick review. Last week we said, we're, we're going to lead them to obey. And then we're gonna teach them to honor. Honor is the next step. And, and honor comes with a promise that, that if they honor us, they'll have a long life. They'll have a long life. And so honor is the fact that, yes, I'm not only gonna do what you ask me to do, but I am going to love you with my heart and I'm going to honor you, honor, I'm going to lift you. Yeah. And here's the cool things. We can still honor our parents today. I'm 43 years old. I can still honor my parents today. So I believe that scripture teaches if I will honor God right now, even though I'm not a little boy, I'm not living under their roof, I don't have to obey them. But I think honoring is like, well, what do you think, mom and dad? I need your wisdom. What do you think about this? Inviting them into, to speak into my story. Yeah. Because who loves me better outside of God? Who loves me better than mom and dad? So when I honor them, I humble myself and I bring them into the picture. And I love them and I lift them, that's what it means. So if we're going to parent strong, then we must lead them to obey and we must, and we must let's try that, we must teach them to honor. And what's so cool about honor is it transcends parents. They can honor their brothers and sisters. Yeah. They can honor their coach. They can honor their principal. They can honor a teacher. They can honor their elderly neighbor, right? And so I love that. Now, Ephesians 6, 1 through 4. Read these verses, and verse 3 is going to lead to the point that you're going to unpack today. It's going to be powerful. So Ephesians 6 is where we're at. Verses will be on the screen. Ephesians 6, we're in the NLT. We're going to read four verses here. Ephesians 6, 1 Starting verse one, it says, children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise 
if you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will have a long life on the earth. So verse four, this is where we're gonna kind of talk and unpack a little bit today. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. And, you know, and it also can be said, like if you, when it talks about provoking, it's talking about exasperating to the point, I love this in the Amplified, it kind of explained it, laid it out a little bit more. It says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. Do not exasperate them wow. to the point of resentment so with good. demands that are trivial, unreasonable, humiliating, abusive, nor by showing favoritism or indifference to any of them but bring them up tenderly with loving kindness and the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Yeah. And it's so, right? I mean, you yes. <laughs> can just yes. go home after that. It's so convicting because in the moment, you know, it's easy, you know, kind of how we grew up is very, you know, fear-based. You know, how you were yes. raised, you do, you do things, you don't ask questions. It's just like very go, 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 go. So I knew how to be, you know, this militant, Mom. <laughs> <This> <laughs> we mom. have any militant moms out there? <laughs> I love that. Um, there was a little meme that went around Facebook. It says, I know how to, um, what, before I had kids, I said I would run a tight ship. But now that I've had kids, the ship's on fire. Can any, <laughs> can any moms relate or parents relate to me on that? Yes. But it's so true because it's easy to bark out orders. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'd read so many books between, you know, uh, you know scheduling, mm -hmm. disciplining, yes. you name it, all these self-help books. And so this year I decided to read, you know, challenge myself to read so many books a year. And so I was going through Tim's library looking and I pulled this off the shelf and I was like, wow, this looks pretty good, grace-based. It's a, you know, looks pretty interesting. I'm gonna try this out. And man, when I started reading it, I mean, God just hit me hard. It was just a different mm. perspective. It was just, just a different way. And especially in this season, because, you know, your kids are in all different seasons as they grow from the survival season, you know, when they're just first born, yes. you're like, Lord, help us make it through another day. They're alive. They're breathing. We got this. We can handle it. And then as they age, you're like, Lord, what do we, how do we nurture their hearts? Like, right. how do we not just tell them what to do, but show them what to do with loving them and guiding them? And so I wanted to just read with you real quick um, out of this book, a question that was asked in here that really hit me. And I wanted to kind of you to think about this as we talk about raising your children into a grace-based way of, you know, you getting to show them grace because God yes. has given you grace. Right. That's good. And so the question he asked is, what are the fundamental driving inner needs that your child was born with? You know, and immediately, you know, I think of survival, breath. I fed them, I bathed them, I, you know, they're alive, this is all good. But I really had to sit back and think, and I didn't really know exactly what to, how to answer that. You know, I could come up with some answers, right. you know, fill in the blanks. But then I went and read a little bit farther and it said, which it hit me, it goes, well, there's one person who knows exactly what your child's needs are. Wow. And that's your enemy, and wow. that is Satan. And he wants to give your children a counterfeit of who God is because he made them in his image. Yes. And I thought, oh my, I just, you know, I came to Tim immediately. I was like, oh my goodness, this is so good. And these are the three needs that I wanted to, you know, read to you today and, and encourage you. And this isn't like a guilt thing. And, you know, even right. if you have older children, you can still show them grace. 
because they probably need grace even more because you're like, please don't make the mistakes I did, you know, Um, raising you or however, you know, if your kids are little, it doesn't matter what season that you're in, like you can give them the grace that God has given you. Mm. So these are the, the three questions. These are your child's three driving inner needs. A need for security, a need for significance, and a need for strength. And if you look back in your life, you know, or even in your current situation, you're like, man, I still have a need for security. Right. I have a need for significance. I have a need for strength. God needs to give me strength. And how not better for me to be able to equip my children and starting at a young age, and then even now that they're older, helping them as they parent their children and showing them these three ways, a need for security, unconditional love, which so many times, isn't that so hard to do? It sounds good, but you're like, if you would just listen to me, make my job a lot easier loving you. (laughs) Doesn't work that easy, does it? But a need for security, giving them unconditional love that no matter what they say, no matter what they do, they can still trust you, you have their heart, and you still love them. No matter if they've had a bad day at school, no matter if they've made a really bad choice, and it didn't just affect them, but it's affect others, but you still love them. Number two, a need for significance. They matter. And I read this thing and it said, I wrote it down, it says, when we accept our children the way they are, we reflect the kind of love God has for them. And we all so wanna good. be accepted the way we are, right? Hey, read well, that, read, oh, read that one more time. Read oh, that, that's powerful. When we accept our children yes. the way they are, we reflect the kind of love God has for them. Wow. And you know, many times as an adult, we can say, well, if you don't like me, just move on, find a new friend, you know? Right. Out with you. <laughs> but as our kids, but we're unique. Yep. You know, and our children are unique. And sometimes they're not going to act like us. They're not going to do things that we do them. They're definitely not going to think the way that we think. Their personalities are going to be different. But the truth is, isn't it hard when they do act the way that, you know what I'm saying? When you have a kid that they are you. (laughs) Yes. And that's why you butt heads. Anyone out there know what I'm talking about? Or you they may be a little are, harder on them because you want to, yes. you realize what its struggle was for you. So you're yes. like, I can fix you. Yeah. Like <laughs> for instance, I, I don't know. Let's just pretend. <laughs> pretend there's a, a stubborn person in the relationship and pretend that the kid <laughs> might have that same stubborn streak. And so. Or two you, parents are stubborn. Or two parents are, I don't know if that's ever happened before or not. But, but, but then with the kid, it's like, oh, and sometimes it's the, it's. It's the wrong things in us. Right. It's the weaknesses in us that they have, that they're, they put on display. And we didn't like that about ourselves. Right. We definitely don't like that in them. And we want to change them. And sometimes that just makes it harder. It does. Because apples don't fall far from the trees, do they? Right? And, and that, I don't know about y'all. That's oh, so for true. me. And if you're not careful, what you said, Steph, is then we're harder. Yes. Then we come down even harder and, and harder doesn't necessarily lead to better mm. or stronger. So good. Yeah. So this grace-based parenting. So the three, what are, what are those three? One more time. So significance. Security, significance. Security, they matter. The uniqueness, celebrating yes. the uniqueness of who each child is. So let's, let's stop there for a second and talk about that. Because honestly, sometimes it's easier to love, to love a kid. And, and the, the truth is we can't love them the same. Yeah. 
You know, if you say, I love my kids the same way. You can't do that because they're different. They need you to meet them where they're at. But favoritism, favoritism, is favoritism yeah. will mess everything up. So you can't favor them. But if you just love, if you're like, man, I'm going to love them all. This is, you know, I'm just going to do this. And you don't meet your kid where they are, their love language. In other words, if you just buy them all gifts and you have one kid that gifts is their love language and they love daddy, they love mommy. But the other two is quality time. The other one's words that you got to meet them where they're at. Right. So, so talk to us about that stuff because honestly, you do a great job there. And I think mothers, guys, if we can just be honest, you know, it, it speaks to the fathers here. Do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. It really doesn't say a whole, I don't read anything about moms and the way you treat them. I think mothers, and not to come against men, I, I am one, a man, but I think moms do a great job here. They're so nurturing. Yeah. They intuitively connect to that child. Yeah. They kind of get it. And dads, we struggle with patience. So how do you do that as a mom? Because I swear you do it better than I do it. Some days better than others. <laughs> Is that not true? Yeah. It's, it's, it's not easy mm. being able to do that. I, I read this, I think it was a book that I read once, and it talked about um, parenting. It's easy to tell them, um, you know, don't lie. Don't, right. don't yes. do this. Don't yes. do that. And instead, you're just um, not telling them the why behind that. Yes, because I said to. Because I said to. Right. And instead, you're looking at how can I build this child's character? How can I build a character inside of this person who, because um, I just don't want them to lie. I, of course, don't lie, but right. why not lie? Yes. Because we want to raise you to be a man or a woman who has integrity, doing what's That's right good. when no one's looking. That's good. I'm going to clap for that. That's good. You know, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, we may or good. may not have a child who's a little more creative. Anybody out there have kids, some children who are a little more creative? You know, they may like to color on things, trim their own hair, um, you know, fashionistas, just something. So I won't mention any names, but we had this one child, super creative, and went through a season. I mean, it was very exasperating. I'm like, you're destroying everything we own. You know, here I think they're watching a movie, you know, quietly with their siblings. Next thing I know, they've created an art piece on the white leather sofa with a Sharpie. I'm like, what were you thinking? You know, right, right. Um, drawing on their, you know, brother's bunk beds that he just got up every stair, writing oh, yeah. up, you know, yeah. signing at the end. Love. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> And instead of just like, don't do this, don't, well, let's teach them ownership. Right. So if you own something and this belongs to you, like, let's teach you ownership. What does it mean? Yeah. Like, so not just telling them what not to do, but looking at it from the whole full, like 360 view and um, teaching them of a character. Like, what character do I want them to learn from this? Like, yes. what do I want them to um, respect? respect other people. This doesn't belong to you, so you probably shouldn't be drawing on it in the first place. Right. Um, but teaching them character and realizing, teaching with the end in mind, parenting with a purpose, and not That's just right. reacting in the moment, because it's so easy to react, react in the moment, and then having to go back instead of being like, okay. Yes. At the end of the day, yeah, it really stinks that I have like a graffiti couch in my living room that doesn't go with anything that I own. <laughs> but... You know, I'm going to look back at that and laugh one day. Right. You know. One day. I may have one day. 
you know, or, or tell today. the story. What did you say? <laughs> I said, not we're today, but one day we're going to laugh right. at it. <laughs> and just breathing in and then just realizing that they're loved unconditional, that my things don't matter to me more than they matter to me. So good. And that's what's so hard so many times. Yes. Because we take yes. it personal. Yeah. And um, I have to realize that I, I want them to know that I love them a whole lot more than I love a sofa or a bed or, you know, whatever they decided to do. <laughs> so one of our kids recently, I say recently, beginning of the summer, was riding a, bit, a bike that was a little too big and oh. was riding up near my car. And I've said many, <laughs> many times, don't ride around daddy's car. <laughs> Took me 43 years to get there. Sidewalks, everything. I owned a truck for 16 years, a couple engines, got out the other door. Don't ride around daddy's car. Don't do it. And literally, before my eyes, Riley, Riley, Riley is riding your bike and she's coming up near my car. And before I could say anything, the inevitable happens. And she, ah, she's going like this and right into my car and puts two big marks on the passenger door. And I was right there and I'm, oh my goodness. You had a lot of self-control, I have to admit, (laughs) that day. I did. (laughs) Inside may not, but. I did, but I don't think like I got it all right. Yeah. You know, and in that moment, in that moment, she's feeling bad. In that moment, she's scared. Yeah. Right, And, and remember, we're the parents and we know how our heart is towards them. But our faces communicate something different, way different, something different, don't they? And I saw it and it's so just right here. And, and I, I just remember thinking, okay, don't blow this. <laughs> don't blow this. Don't blow this. And I was like, I'm going to let it go. Even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven me, I'm going to let this go. I'm just going to hold it in. I'm just going to, right? And, and if I'm not careful, if I'm not careful, like you go off on your kid. Yeah. And I wanted to, and, and I, I wish I'd done a little bit different because the truth is, I, I think I did well. Evidently, I could have done better. You know, I was just like, you know, Riley, I, I didn't shame her, but I was like, no, Riley, this is why dad said don't do that. And in that moment, what if I would have just hugged her? Yeah, I didn't. I did hug her. But it was after I, <laughs> after I counted to 10 inside, you know, hid the smoke coming out my ears, you know, and I said, now, Riley, that's why daddy said that. See, daddy knows what he's talking about, you know, what's so not funny is the very next week, very next week, someone on our staff um, backed into my car and took like two panels out. <laughs> And it was Sunday and it was a long day and we just finished tearing down and somebody, and there's no shame here either. We all can make a mistake. Um, but someone, someone crunch on the other side of my car. <laughs> we're like, could have at least been on that side oh, yeah. where those two panels were replaced, at least would have taken out those two oh, yeah. too. Oh yeah. <laughs> it yeah. wasn't just, the other side. Just really messed it up. And so I just, you know, so I was inside and this person came in and was like, Pastor Tim, I'm so sorry. This just happened. I'm so sorry. And I just remember smiling and saying, you're kidding, right? <laughs> you're joking. And I could tell um, by my friend, he wasn't joking. He's, he was just white. He's just white. And um, he's, he's normally white, but he was extra white. <laughs> extra, extra white. Bunny bread white. You know what I'm talking about? Cindy, we were talking. You remember that? 
And, and in that moment, I was like, God, evidently you're trying to teach me a lesson. It's just the car. Open hand. It's just the car. But, but from that, honestly, Steph, I was like, I get it, God. I get it. And so the truth is, I gave Joe, I mean, I mean the, <laughs> the, the, the truth is, the truth is I gave Joe a little more grace than I gave Riley. The problem is Joe works for me. Riley's my daughter. So I just want to be real. Yeah. We're not like professional parents. But I learned that lesson that day that, okay, God, you're teaching me. This is just a car. Right. And if Riley hits it again, I'm going to hug her. You know? And that's hard to do. Don't look <laughs> at me like y'all so righteous out there. If he or she hits your truck. You know what I'm talking about? It's hard to do. But I think that's what you're talking about when you talk about grace-based parenting. Yeah. That we treat our kids how we want God to treat us. And how God has, has treated us. Treated us. I wanted to go over the last one. It's a need for strength. Letting your yeah. kids know. So one was a need for security. Two, a need for significance. A need for um, strength. You know, letting your kids know that they have what it takes. Right. You know, it's at good. this stage of the game, if so they're a little good. younger. Yes. You know, it may just be, you know, you can, you know, you can hit that home run. You can get that ball over the net for volleyball. You can do this. You have what it takes. So building their courage, letting them know that God has given them strength to do hard things, standing up for what was right. Um, one of ours came to us and had seen something at school that yeah. did not agree with it. It was something wrong. And so stood yep. up for it, slipped a note to the teacher and said, hey, just wanted you to be aware of this. And I, you know, applauded that yes. because that was strength. It's hard because in a day and age where people don't want to say anything or let them know that God gives them the strength. So those are the three inner needs. And one of the things that, like talking about the grace-based parenting yeah. is, you know, many times if you hear that, you think, oh, well, that just means like I love my kids so much. It doesn't matter what they do. You know, they can run around right. a restaurant without control. No. They can, you know, terrorize other people's items. They can, <laughs> you know, disrespect us. Right. That's not what grace is. Because if we look at what Jesus yeah. has done for us, God does give us grace, but he also corrects us. He That's guides right. us. He nurtures us. Yes. He doesn't berate us and throw guilt on us. He corrects us That's to good. say, hey, what are you doing here? Yeah. Let's, let's get your feet pointed in the right direction. Let's get your feet pointed in the path because you have potential inside of you. Yes. And I want the potential inside of you to be mm. released for the world. And if we're raising our children or encouraging our children, if your children are older, is to be a light in a dark world. So if they are receiving God's grace, they are going to give God's grace. And Ooh. I love the fact. <laughs> oh, you dropping dimes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I love the fact yeah. that when God gives us children, when we look at them, they're made in the image of him. Yes. So we get to see a characteristic of God yeah. that maybe we've never experienced before. Right. And just like them, as we are a parent and we're nurturing them, they get to see an aspect of God that they've never seen before. Yes. And we are raising them to be a light in a dark world and just realizing that, you know, don't be lost in the moment. 
you know, parent for character, parent for a purpose, and let them see Jesus through us so they yes. can give the grace that we covet yes. and we long for from Jesus. So good, Steph. And, and not, not because of embarrassment, not because they're going to embarrass us. Yeah. Like when they're young, and, and we got to wrap this up, but when they're young, it's so easy um, to don't do that, right? Well, people listen, think of me. Yeah. Young parents, listen to us. Yeah. We've been there. You want them to, you know, you, 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 you want to look good. Yeah. It's really what it is. You don't want to look bad. And then if you're not careful, um, you will parent out of fear of embarrassment or what will people think, self-image, mm-hmm. people judging me. And, and, and you have to shepherd their hearts. Yeah. Because every, every parent is a painter mm. and every kid is a canvas. Yes. And you are literally painting the canvas by how you parent. Mm. And there's no substitute for strong parenting. There's just no substitute. Yeah. Thank God for great coaches. Thank God for great teachers. It takes a village, but there's no, listen to me, mom. Listen to me, dad. There is no substitute when it comes to parenting. There's no substitute for strong parenting. And you matter and you have so much influence. So we're gonna real quick a recap and we're gonna talk about these paintings here. But we're number one, we're gonna lead them to obey. Yeah. That's what we're gonna do. We're gonna lead them to obey. We're gonna teach them to honor. We're going to teach them to honor. Verse 4, Steph, that you read is so good, but we're going to treat them right. Verse 4 tells us, don't provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. In other words, don't treat them wrong. So, Dad, you want your kid to be a good ball player, but maybe they're not. Maybe you weren't. Maybe you weren't as good as you remember you were. (laughs) And scolding them and yelling at them and berating and belittling them doesn't help them catch the ball, mm. it scares the crap out of them. Yeah. And then they're out of fear because well, I don't want to mess up. And they're, they're living out of fear. So, so we have to lead them. And God the Father is gentle with us. Yes, yes. It's the goodness of God that leads mm. us to repentance, not the thundering voice of God. You know what I'm saying? That leads me to repent. It's His goodness to me. And so we want to do a better job and we want to treat them right and then we want to bring them up and the scripture says here Steph we want to bring them up with discipline and the instruction that comes from the Lord so let's just end this real quick discipline discipline isn't just and I tell my kids I want you to be disciplined I tell our kids we tell our kids this isn't just about you being disciplined like you're getting in trouble and if you don't correct your kid If you don't care enough or love your kids enough to correct your kid, I promise you they will not turn out well. You have to parent strong. And sometimes it hurts you worse than it hurts them. Jaden, he's got got an iPhone, got 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 an iPhone, that phone. You know what we found to be medicine? Take away that cell phone. (laughs) Life. You know, it's like the whole world is falling apart. So find out what works for your kid yeah. and parent them strong. Discipline is not, it's not just correction. Yeah. And it's not that just discipline that I'm holding something back from you. I'm teaching you at a young age to make a championship choice. Yes. Make the right choice. Yes. A championship choice. And as they get older, I want to give more and more. Like I said last week, I want to give more and more freedom if it's a leash, you know, I can't do that when they're one. 
I got to have them right here. <laughs> but if I got them right here, mom and dad, and they're 16, when they get out of the house, they're going to go wild. You go, I don't know what happened. We were in church. I don't know what happened. I woke them up every day at 3 a.m., made them read Leviticus backwards, <laughs> memorize Revelation. I don't, no, no, it's by the way you treat them. And we bring them up with discipline, with discipline. Discipline means I help them make right decisions. I'm, I'm, they're disciplined. Like I teach them to make their bed. Why? Because that's a good thing to do. Because you can accomplish something before you go to school. Discipline. Like I correct them and you can't correct if you're afraid of them. So don't be afraid of your kids. Well, they're not going to like me. If you, if you lead them well, one day they will look back and love you. Yes. They may be a hell raiser today. They will be a mom and dad praiser tomorrow. Because you cared enough. So let's go here. Let's go here, Steph. We're going we're gonna to step up and just speak to this real quick. But the truth is, let's talk to the negative, Steph, and then you, you talk to the power of the positive. But the truth is that how many times do we parent weak because they're coming to tell us something and whatever it is that we're doing is more important to them is how they receive it. Yeah. And so we're on a phone call or we're watching television or we're reading something or we're too busy for them. And so we say, not now. We say, not now. How many times, don't raise your hand. How many times have we said, not now? Can, can I tell you something? Not now, not now, just be quiet. I, I own this today because I really messed this up. When I started the church, I was so available for everybody, I was not so available for my kids. And underneath the blue tent, I was meeting VIPs, but the real VIPs are my kids. And I was meeting this couple, and the truth is that couple would come only to leave. And I don't remember the couple. I'm just saying this is what happens. They come, oh, we're so excited about this church. And then the FBI can't find them. <laughs> That's funny. I don't care who you are. <laughs> but I'm just trying to steward this moment well. And my kids would come up. And I say, no, no. And what I was saying is, this is more important than you. And so now I flipped it. Doesn't matter. That's President Donald Trump. My kid needs something. Excuse me for a minute. This is my kid. Yeah. Because he might not be at a funeral. They might not be. Those people you so, you see what I'm saying? They might not be there. Hopefully our kids will be. And, and at the end of the day, winning looks like this. That those who lived with me, who knew me better than anybody, yes. love me the most. Yes. Not that they, it's not that they respect me the least. So not now. We got to get away from that. And then they do something and we're like, seriously? Seriously? And if we're not careful, seriously can sound like and feel like a whole lot of shame. 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 Our kids don't need shame. Our kids don't need shame. Shaming doesn't help them be a better kid. They need us to get the shame off yes. of them. I'm a parent. So the seriously really ought to convict us. And then this is a cell phone in the hand. 
Ray, Pastor Ray sent me a picture of a, of a artist that took all these pictures and it, were, it was about people in moments and, and it's like a couple laying in bed and their backs are to each other and they're holding their hands. Like there's no phone there, but what it actually yeah. looks like with no phone. And then there's a family around the table and they're all looking at this, but they're around the table. Like put the phone down. How much are we missing yes. with our smartphones, but we've dumbed our parenting down because Facebook has our attention, but not our kids. Social media has our attention. And if we're not careful, we're living for likes and not living for our loved ones. This right here, it's got to change. It's got to change. Uh, one last thing, and Steph, I'll kick it to you. And, and, and uh, the, the truth is this, we, we, if we just put that phone in their hand and don't teach them how to interact, how to have real FaceTime, how to carry on a conversation. I passed McDonald's the other day and it said, it said, uh, now hiring, text this number. <laughs> and I get it, we have technology. But if they, if they can do all the technology but they have no social skills, we don't have technology, we have heck. Technology. We have to put the phone down. We have to teach them to put the phone down. They can't be the babysitter. It's, it's about this right here. It's about engagement because kids spell love. T-I-M-E. Stephanie, walk us through this. You had some powerful, powerful words over here. Walk us through power well, to know, positive. It's real easy. Many times we get caught up. And if that's not your, you know, easy for you, maybe you didn't grow up in a home with positive affirmation. Maybe if you think, well, I just don't want to lie to them. They don't have this yet. So I'm definitely not going to tell them, like speak affirmations over them or tell yes. them something. I don't want to lie to them. This is you just claiming like what God's speaking life over them. Yes. You know, you seeing in them what God sees in them and you speaking yes. that over them into existence. Yes. And your words are so powerful because they hang on to them, whether you, you know, realize it or not, they have such a huge impact on them, on them. And it's just as simple as I'm proud of you, no matter what it is. You know, we had a, one of ours that came to us, um, gosh, in this past month, that's all Tim was a wow, this parenting series. Thank you, God, for all these opportunities <laughs> in this last time. I was like, let, let's move on from this. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. But yeah. when they came to us or when your child comes to you with something that they're going through or something they're struggling with, or they're being honest with you. Right. Let them know, I'm proud of you. You know, yes. they could have hidden this from you. They could have not told you their struggle. They could have not been real with you. But for them coming to you and you being able, them being able to trust your heart, yes. man, you let them know, man, I'm proud of you. It, you're not just proud of them for getting an A right. in school. Yeah. You're proud of a character. Make sure you t t tell them what, that you're proud of a certain character quality that they That's have. Good. And that they don't become performance driven. That's yeah. really good. Um, you got this. Let them know yes. what we talked about. Significance. You got. You have what it takes, and it's okay. Mm. Sometimes things That's aren't so going to go like what we think. We get let down. They get mm. let down, and let them know it's okay to not be okay in this moment. But you are victorious. You're an overcomer, and let God help you get the victory in that area mm. and become the victorious warrior or warrior princess that God has created them to be. I love that. I love that. I love what you said about just speaking life over them yeah. because our tongues have the power of death or life. Right. And so we found with our kids, you know, like maybe they're not so good in an area. And if we just talk about, if we just point out their weakness, yeah. they don't get better there. 
like there's a lot of guys in baseball that make millions of dollars not because they can hit the ball but because they can throw a great slider a great mm. so find what they do and brag on them and then you can encourage them in some of their weaknesses and say you know what you are so smart you're so smart and what will happen is I believe they'll live up to our level of belief in them put a tin on their head before we close um, you're going to get a paintbrush you're going to get a paintbrush and I think we have host and they've got paintbrushes if y'all would come at this time I want you to get a paintbrush and I want you to just remember that if you're a parent you're a painter and your kid is a canvas and I want this paintbrush to be some place where you will remember that you're a painter and that what you paint, it matters. And we have the opportunity to paint the right things. But we have the opportunity to paint the wrong things. And so I'm going to ask you to bow your heads real quick. You stay down front. Everyone else, if you'd bow your heads and close your eyes real quick. How, how many would say man, this is, this is helpful and I just, I just want to ask God to help me. I want to ask God to help me parent better. And by better, I mean stronger. And so I just, I would like prayer as a parent. I'd like prayer. If that's you, would you raise your hand? My hand's in the air. I want to pray for you. God, there are a lot of hands up all over the campuses. We need your help. Lord, whether our kids are one or 21, we need your help. Or 41, because then we're grandparents. And I think it's grand because we get to do it stronger and it's better. So Lord, give us the wisdom to know what to do, what to say, what to think. And then give us the strength and the courage to do it, to think it, to say it. Give us the wisdom, the strength, and the courage to know what not to say, not to think, what not to do. Help us. We need your help. You are our heavenly father. And we want to parent out of a place of grace. That's our prayer. Now with heads bowed and eyes closed, you can put your hands down. We never like to end a gathering at Momentum without giving you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. That is that if you've never put your trust in Jesus believing that he is God, that he loves you, he loves you so much. He came to earth to live a perfect life, to die a perfect death. He literally became your sin and my sin on a cross. And he who never sinned became sin so that you and I could trade places and our sin could be forgiven. He was nailed to that cross to prove to us that he loved us. While we were sinners, Christ died because he's for us. That's the good news of God. The bad news is we're sinners. The good news is that God already had a plan to take care of our sin. And Jesus paid it all. He died on that cross. He shed his blood, a perfect sacrifice for sinners. Three days later, Jesus arose. He conquered sin, death, and hell. And scripture simply communicates 
that if we will put our trust not in ourselves, not in our behavior, not in our performance, not in church attendance, not in being a good person, not in a denomination, but if we'll put our trust in Christ alone, and we'll believe that he died for us, we'll believe that he was buried for us, we'll believe that he rose again for us, and we will accept this gift of forgiveness, that Jesus will become our savior. And if you're here today and you've never done that, can I just tell you, God loves you. And he's not mad at you. He is so madly in love with you. And Jesus stayed on that cross. He did not quit. Because he loved you so much. And he says, if we'll confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord, and if we'll believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we will be Saved. That word saved means forgiven. It means made brand new. A new creation. If you've never done that, I'm going to lead us in a sinner's prayer. Every week we pray it out loud together so no one prays it alone. And it's you talking to him. You're not going through me. I'm a sinner just like you are. We're talking right to God. We're live. You're just going to confess that Jesus is Lord, that you're a sinner, you need a Savior, and that you believe that he died, was buried, and rose again. And you're going to move your trust from yourself to Christ alone. So let's pray this sinner's prayer together right where you're at. We'll pray it out loud. I'll say a phrase, you repeat it. And then at the end, I'm simply going to ask if you prayed it for the first time to raise your hand. We will clap. We won't embarrass you. I'm giving you play by play. Here's what's going to happen. We'll clap. Because you've just been made brand new. And every week, week after week after week, people online, people in our campuses find the love of God and they're never the same. So let's pray together. Would you say, Jesus, I confess that I'm a sinner and I'm a mess. I need a savior. Thank you for loving me. I receive your love. And everything that comes with it. I believe you died for me. I believe you were buried. I believe you rose again. On the third day. For me. I declare. That Jesus is Lord. I now give you my life. And I receive your life. Now teach me how to live. In Jesus name. Amen. Everyone looking up, every campus looking up, looking up. This is so exciting. This is why we do church. This is why momentum exists, to lead people to passionately follow Jesus. But before they can passionately follow him, they have to meet him. And if you just said that prayer to him, you just not only met him, but he became your savior. And that's worth celebrating. So on the count of three, I'm gonna ask if you prayed that prayer for the first time, I want to ask you right now to raise the hand up high. Every campus in Navarre, raise it high. In Gulf Breeze, raise it high. Come on. You're in Blackwater. I want you to raise it high. You're watching online. Wherever you are around the world, I want you to let us know. Just tell us, Jesus made me new. If you're in Pensacola right here today, I want you to raise it high. On the count of three. One, two, three. Right now, hold it up. Hold it up. Say, I give my life to Christ. 
I've been made brand new.